I'd like to introduce a new member to the group, Ken Kaneko. Hi, everyone. Hi, Ken. It's so great to finally be in a group where I feel safe enough to say out loud that my spring mix salad greens are absolutely delicious. You should also try my microgreen sweet mix. Local farmer Ken Kaneko believes his forward greens are so delicious he just wants you to try them. Get a VIP coupon at forwardgreens.com and get your forward greens at Safeway and Albertsons. Thanks for sharing, Ken. I'd also like to share some of my kale and micro broccoli. Tonight's play, So Big, is based on the novel by that popular American author, Edna Ferber, and was a bestseller for many years. As our stars, we have that fine actress who has distinguished herself in so many theatrical fields, Ida Lupino, co-starring with Robert Stack, whose talent places him among our most popular leading men. We will meet our stars after the play, when I will preview a song from Warner Brothers, A Star is Born. Starring Judy Garland and James Mason. But right now, our good friend Ken Cox. Act one of So Big, starring Ida Lupino as Selena and Robert Stack as Purvis and Dirk Dia. My father, Simeon Peake, loved people. But he used to say there are two kinds of people in the world who really count. One kind is wheat, the other kind is emerald. The wheat are of the earth who feed the body. The emerald are the people of fire who feed the hungers of the soul. And both kinds give. My father gave. Desperately ill with his whole fortune slipping away, he stood in the Chicago Wheat Exchange, trading, bidding, maneuvering, fighting vainly to save what he could for me. He died on his feet. And there I was, fresh out of private school, alone in the world and penniless. But I had a schoolmate, plain Julie Hempel, and she and her bluff father were wheat. They were givers. Oh, I want to thank you, Mr. Hempel, for getting me this job. Don't listen to her, father. But really, Julie, dear. Nothing to it, Miss Peake. Simple matter of hogs. Oh, father. Uh, how do hogs enter into it? The Dutch farmers of New Holland, that's just outside of Chicago, sell hogs to my butcher shops. Say they need a school teacher. I say my daughter Julie has a friend who'd be a crackerjack school teacher. And if they want to keep on selling me porkers... Yes, Father, Selena sees your point. Oh. Indeed, I do, Mr. Hempel. Anyhow, hogs did it. $30 a month and you board with Class Pool, the truck farmer. He's picking you up in his produce wagon in, uh, let's see, 55 minutes. A produce wagon? It's an adventure, Julie. Father always said it's all adventure in the finding of treasure. All of life. Watch closely, Father used to say, and whenever you go, you'll see all the wonders of Baghdad. Oh, but a produce wagon. It's a magic carpet, Julie. Oh, Mr. Hempel, thank you again. Thank the hog. Mr. Poole? 
Yeah. Uh, what are those things growing in the field? The ones with the cunning green top. All vegetables is green. Well, beets aren't. Uh, radishes aren't. <laughs> I know that much. Always on top is green. Oh, really? It's really. My, that's astonishing. Oh, no, you're wrong, Mr. Poole. There are red ones out there, see? Maybe cabbages, some green, some red. Mm, aren't they lovely? Ah. What do they remind you of, Mr. Poole? Sauerkraut. <laughs> They're beautiful. Cabbages is beautiful. Oh, yes, don't you think? <laughs> cabbages. It's beautiful. <laughs> 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 Marty, I bring the school teacher. Uh, come in, come in. Thank you. Marty! Yeah, yeah, I come and hurry so fast I can. More polite it is we should meet in parlor. The new school teacher, my wife. Hello, Mrs. Poole. Please do meet. Meet, you're welcome. I feel very welcome. Lay off your things. I help you. Thank you. I go for my boy off to carry the trunk. Frog! Where you keep your tongue looking now? Such pretty clothes. So, thank you. Uh, why are you looking at me? My... How you are young. Come, your room is up. My rope brings up your trunk. Oh, but it's very heavy. Is he a big boy? Oh, he works my fields. He's here. Oh. You like your room? Uh, yes, yes, it's quite nice. It's, it's just that you have such nice things. And you are young. Mrs. Poole... You can't be very old. I mean... I am 30. 30? Well, I'm very young. I, too, had pretty things. Come, see what is in this old chest. I had a pretty dress once. See? Oh, my wedding dress. May I... May I try it on sometime? It's so lovely. Oh, no. Unless you get married. It brings bad luck. But... You get married to New Holland Dutchman. I let you wear it. Where I should put down the trunk? Oh, you must be Rose. Right down here or anywhere. And bring Peter some hot water to wash up. Supper is soon. Don't be cross. Why, you're just a boy. I work by the farm. But don't you go to school? I throw dead cat to school, Hindo. But why? I don't do it anymore. Oh, thank you, Rose. I do a poor cat to school, Hindo. And? School clothes for a week. I could then slip in and play by the piano. Piano? Who taught you? A teacher once. A little. Uh, she gave me also a wooden book. A word book? A dictionary? Thousands and thousands of words. All different. Ralph, when I unpack, I'll give you books. The Three Musketeers, Byron's Poems, Tennyson, A Life of Mozart. Who? Mozart. He played the piano and wrote great music. And... And you'll give me these books to read? And when school begins, I'll give you private lessons after school. Oh, I, I, I will carry food for the school. I, I will start the stove going every morning. I, I will fight the big boys and make trouble in class. I... Uh, that is Pond, the hired man. It is some joke about cabbages. Oh, yes. Yes, I said they were beautiful. What is so funny? Cabbages are beautiful. Emerald. What? 
Nothing, Ralph. But we are going to be friends. Wonderful, Ralph. That's excellent, is it? I wonder if you realize how much progress you've made during the winter. Your studies and your piano. Yeah, the potatoes I keep in my pocket. Uh, whatever for? Well, to squeeze. To strengthen, stretch the fingers for the piano. <laughs> so cabbages are beautiful. Potatoes can make music. <laughs> I've never seen you laugh before. Uh, tell me something. What is it? You go to box supper next Saturday? Well, I, I don't know anything about it. Oh, it's in the hall over the general store to raise money for the new church organ. Each lady brings a basket supper for the men to bid on. She she has to eat with the man who buys a basket. Oh. Well, I suppose I should help the cause along. Oh, yeah. I, too. So, what is that? I don't know. Something I make up. <laughs> Maybe it is the box supper polka. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, please. Rose, you hear your mama? 
Now, why did you do it? I look so little. They were making fun of you, laughing. I get it back if... If what? If I could make quicker figures. Arithmetic, them haymarket fellas are too sharp. They do numbers in their heads like that. Hmm. Well, I could help you. Wouldn't you like to come over to the pools where I stay? Say, two evenings a week and study. Oh, it's trouble for you. No, it's never trouble to teach people who want to learn. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what? Yeah, to study figures, like you say, Miss Teacher. So, two evenings a week through the long winter, Purvis de Young came across the dreary fields for his lessons. <laughs> Rolf was jealous. But what could I do? He was such a boy. But with such promise in him, such talent and fire. Fire of emerald. And Purvis de Young was wheat. Spring came. But one cold, rainy night, Purvis didn't show up for his lessons. The next afternoon during recess, Rolf came to the schoolhouse with word from Purvis. Purvis de Young says tell you he can't come for his lessons. Why, Rolf? He's sick. Rheumatic fever. Oh, but that can be very serious. His farm is in the lowlands, Miss Teacher. Very wet. Or in summer, baked hard. No good to work. Not fit to live on. Not fit for anybody to live on. Rolf, are you by any chance trying to protect me from something? It's very hard life farm. Well, don't worry. I won't marry a truck farmer. Thank you, Miss Teacher. <laughs> Goodbye, Rose. Or would I? Purpose. Purpose the young. Are you all right? May I come in? Oh. The door was unlocked. So I went in. Never. Never had I even dreamed of such pitiful poverty. Everywhere there was dust. Nowhere a touch of color or creature comfort. A dense grayness just seemed to cling to everything. Here in this unspeakable dreariness, how could gallantry live? And yet it did. For Purvis the Young was wheat, a giver. But what did he receive? And I wanted to sit down and cry. But then I heard his voice from the doorway. Teacher! Oh, I'm glad you're up and about. Ah, it's such a bad weather you come here. Well, I heard you were ill. So I, I brought you the books and the slate. So you can keep up your study. Oh, sit down. Sit down. Thank you. Uh, slate seems hardly necessary. One can write in the dust here. Such housekeeping. Yeah, yeah, maybe so is all I can do to keep going to farm. Well, here we are now. Uh, this is the problem where we left off. Uh, yeah, that problem. It worried me. I was worried too, Purvis, about you. Why, teacher? Uh, maybe we'd better get on with the problem. Uh, yeah. Now, uh, the owner of the southwest quarter sells a strip of land 20 rods wide along the south side of his farm. Yeah. So how much does he receive at $150 per acre? Go ahead. Thirty-five, yeah, I see. 
one. No, no, Purvis, I've told I you. I cannot think. Is there no need to learn? Oh, but there is, I say. I don't figure to sell the land. That has nothing to do with it, Purvis. It, it's a problem to be solved and a principle to be learned. Man without land is no good for woman. I don't figure to sell my land, Selina. I'm strong. I can break the land. I'll make a good farm out of it. For us, Selina. For us? Oh. Oh, no. Goodbye, Purvis. Lena. Don't go, Lena. Don't go. Starring Ida Lupino as Selena and Robert Stack as Purvis and Dirk Dia. True to her promise, Marcia Poole let me wear the wedding gown that I had once admired. As she fitted her gown to me, I kept staring at her face. Toil-worn, old. But she wasn't old. She was young. And all at once, I was afraid. Marcia, tell me, did you feel scared when you thought of marrying Clark Poole? Scared? I ran away. Why? Didn't you like love, Clark? I ran not far. I came back. Nobody ever knew I ran, even, but I ran. Why did you come back? From life, you cannot run away. Turn around. Wait, I must take him. You are such a skinny one. I turned around and saw Rose in the doorway. He stared at me with such terrible rebuke, such anguish that a pain tore across my own heart. I started to call to him, but he turned with a sob in his throat and ran. And there I was in Marcia's wedding gown and my bare feet running after him. Selina? Selina, Selina! Running after Rose, stumbling in the darkness, following him almost as blindly as he fled. <laughs> He's finding him, sobbing against the face, beating the earth with his clenched fist. Rose, Rose, please listen to me. You lied, you lied to me, you lied. No, Rose. Yes, you said you were down there, you father. Yes, I said that, but I didn't lie, Rose. When I said it, I believed it. You're going to marry me, dear. Oh, Rose, you must understand. His loneliness and mine, as you do your own loneliness. Please try to understand it. There are different kinds of love. The love of beauty. And for those who share that love with you. That's you and I. And then there's the love that's to the earth. And that's perfect to you. I love you both, and I'll always, always need you both. The emerald people. The wheat. Oh, please come to my wedding, love. Make us both bring. Hurry! Sorry. 
You're a farmer's wife now. Paint the shabby furniture, cook, sweep, darn, tend chickens, milk cows. Grow old with toil, but grow strong with it. And when Purvis the young farmer, your husband, comes home from market in a downpour, cheated and sick with fever, love him and fight for him. Again. Don't fret, Purvis. Lie quietly. It's all right. Well, Steve's at the haymarket. Oh, please. Twenty-five cents for a sack of potatoes. Cabbages, one hundred heads for two dollars. Next time I'll go with you. No. No, uh, the young woman does not go to haymarket, you hear? Next time this the young woman will go to the haymarket. We'll teach them a little arithmetic. No. Oh, I'm not a young bride anymore, Purvis. I'm sorry, little Lena. I'm even sorry your flower beds did not grow. Nothing does well in that soil, but it will someday. We must drain it, fertilize it with potash and phosphate. Well, well, little school teachers now a farm expert. Where do you learn these wise things about farms? I sent to Chicago for a book. Oh, 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 oh a vegetable farm out of a book. <laughs> oh, it's funny. So, so, Solina, we will read the Chicago book when things will jump out of the earth like magic. The next summer will become a kingdom, my baby. Oh, it's already a kingdom to me. I love that stubborn piece of earth out there. It's my home. Your work is in that land, And my heart is there. And everything that is in it, that is there and that will be, I love. that I, Dirk de Young, was born on a farm and that my father was Purvis de Young, whom some men called a figure, and that my mother was Selina Peake de Young, who was afraid only once in her life and never was afraid again. <laughs> sleep, little fella. Go to sleep. <laughs> Purvis, what are we going to name him? After my father, Selina, uh, could maybe we call him Duck? How he reaches up, up for a handful of stars. Oh, yes, darling. You'll grow high enough to touch them one day. So big. So tall in the heart. So big. We'll get a loan from the bank and underdrain the clay soil, and we'll put in asparagus. Asparagus? It's the new thing, Purvis. I make no debts at the back. No de Jong has ever made debts. No de Jong, de Jong. I'll, I'll change my son's name. All right, but you spoil his nap with a loud talk, so you saw him that sack suit for school I farm. All right, but so big isn't going to be a truck farmer. And if you take a bank mortgage and drain the southwest oh, acres, oh, you... Oh, listen to the book from Chicago, make talk. Oh, Purvis. Yes, come in. Rose. Oh, come in. What is it? Where are you going with that suitcase? I thought I would bring back these books you loaned me before I go away. Go away? Where, Rose? Why? Oh, I don't know. Maybe somewhere they got some fires to be built in the music school. Oh, I used to know some people in Chicago, the Hempels. They got me my job here. 
I wish I could send you to them. But I haven't the slightest idea of where to reach the Hempels now. It is all right. I've worked harder along. But keep the books, Ralph. All right. Good luck to you. We'll miss you. Goodbye. 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 Goodbye, Ralph. shall not strike thee by day nor the moon by night. He will guard thy soul. Please, sir. The Lord will guard thy going. Please, so wanted you to remember him strong, alive and brave and strong. And he was such a will, so brave and stubborn, and above all, true to himself. Think of him as driving home all the way, so sick with flowers for your mother. Dirk. Yes, Ma. How big is the man in my family now? So big. So big. But I wasn't so big. I was only nine years old. Mother and I could raise the vegetables all right, but we had to sell them. The only place around where they could be sold was the hay market. We soon discovered that the hay market was a man's world. Turnips, cabbages, beets, large, firm cabbages, beets, beets. only 25 cents a sack, nice beans, nice beans. Please, sir, look, wonderful tomatoes, just look. Now, lady, you might as well know we don't do no business with women. Why not? Women belong at home. Not when they have to make a living. Well, I'll tell you what I'll do. That stuff on your wagons, curling at the edges and drying out. Pay your dollar for the whole load for fertilizer. Oh, no. You won't use my vegetables for fertilizer. All right. Suit yourself, lady. Suit yourself. Gee, Mom, what are we going to do? I know exactly what we're going to do. We're going to sell this load house to house. We're going to Chicago. Where? Baghdad's so big. Baghdad. Whoa, 
Well, I, I wanted to show you the houses here. What do you think of that big house over there? Uh, that brick one? Yes, dear. Kind of ugly. Mm-hmm. It is rather grim and forbidding, isn't it? It looks scary to me. I used to live in that house. I loved it. Mm-hmm. With your grandfather, Pete. You must have been rich. Well, I guess I must have. Didn't you think it was ugly? Tell me so, Big. How would you have built it? Me? Well, I'd put in big windows to let lots of sunlight in the wintertime. And I'd make it all light and pretty without that tar on it. It makes it look like a, like an old fort. Go on. And, and I'd take off all those fancy knobs and bumps. Don't do anything except look ugly. Lots of things. Emerald. You are Emerald. What's that? Emeralds are green. You mean I'm a green one? No, no. Far from it, Sophie. I beg your pardon. Yoo-hoo. A lady in an be your mom. You know her? No. Me? You mean me? Uh, yes. Do you have a peddler's license? Why, no, I don't. Do I have to? Well, as far as I'm concerned, I'd like to have vegetables to my door. But last week, a peddler tried it and got a heavy fine. Thought I'd just warn you. Thank you. But my mom lived here once. That house was hers. Did Simeon Pete, but... Selena! Selena Pete! Julie Hempel. Oh, Selena. Oh, my dear, my dear. I've never known you. I know. It, it's been a thousand years. I'd never have recognized you. What happened? Uh, the hogs did it. <laughs> Oh, dear. Derek and Mrs. DeYoung are just leaving. I like your little girl, Mr. Hempel. And Julie. Oh, thank you, Derek. She's like a little princess of Baghdad. Huh? Oh, Paula? Oh, that's my granddaughter, young fella. Selena, I still want to buy your farm. Put it on a paying basis. Dear, couldn't it be with us then? Mr. Hempel, I want to keep the farm. I'm going to borrow money and drain the land and plant asparagus. And I'll help you. Oh, no, Derek. You're Emerald. What's that? It means he has a gift. And I have a plan for him now. Don't try to live the boy's life for him, Selena. Oh, no, I shan't do that. I only want him to get full value out of his life so that he'll be rich. Oh, not in money, perhaps. But in the treasure my father always talked about. The wealth of realizing the best in you. So that you can give the best. You don't know what I'm trying to say now, Dirk, do you? Uh-uh. That you will one day. Oh, you're going to be so big. on Act Three of So Big, starring Ida Lupino as Selena and Robert Stack as Dirk. It was hard to believe. That young man up there on the platform receiving his diploma 
his degree, Bachelor of Architecture, was my little boy, Dirk de Jong. Oh, but he was no longer a little boy, and he no longer belonged completely to me. There were two women in his life now, his mother and Paula Hempel, the little princess of Baghdad grown up. We both congratulated him in the reception hall. Oh, what a love. Bachelor of Architecture. Oh, just think. That's what the big white paper says, Mother. Big white papers with big signatures run this world, darling, so you can put your money on that diploma. Oh, listen to Paula, the beautiful cynic. Now, a little caution, children. It may be years before you're a registered architect, son. Long, hard apprenticeship as a draftsman, sir. Well, I've got some pretty fair contacts. Oh, I'd say they're excellent. You've got a job to step into, I'll say that. Job? What job? Remember those designs you submitted to Hollis and Sprague last winter? Oh, I know them. They phoned the house before I left. I've got a job as a draftsman there. $30 a week. Uh-huh. Well, that's not so bad for a start. No, not bad. It's a start, Paula. Well, there's your mother and granddad, Paula. Oh, Mr. Mother. Hempel, Julie, August, here we are. Sprague, drafting room, DeYoung speaking. Congratulations, darling. For what? Selena told me about your wonderful raise. Yeah, well, my wonderful raise now puts me in the $35 a week bracket. And I've only been here two years. Then shall we try it my way, darling? Yeah, and I'm right for a change. Quite a lot of change. Grandfather's giving a little dinner party tonight. Dick Hollis, your boss, will be present. Will you? You call him Dick? Of course. Oh, I'll be there. A Mrs. Gilman Robinson will also be there. She's in the process of planning a new quarter of a million dollar cottage. Take it from there, John Boy. Dinner's at eight. Thanks, Paula. See you tonight. <laughs> oh, darling, darling, you were absolutely wonderful. You devastated Hollis. Paula, won't they hear you in there? You certainly had Hollis in a May mood after Mrs. Robinson went to bat for you. Well, Mrs. Robinson has some very valid notions about architecture, and she has taste. Well, of course. That's what was so wonderful about you, having the cheek to tell Mrs. Lakeshore Drive how to do her house. I wasn't trying to tell her. My dear boy, that's your charm. It gets me, too. A couple of more years, darling, and I'll have this project on a paying basis. But we'll build on the far north shore. Paula, I'm very fond of you, but well, it seems to me you could do better with any one of a dozen Chicago princelings. So I could, including Dick Hollis himself. But I know what I want. Dirk, the important business at Hollis and Sprague is in contracting and selling. Yeah, but that's not what I want. I'm no promoter. I'm an architect. Dirk, Hollis is right. He won't wait too long for you to decide to be successful. And give up designing? Oh, you could still call yourself an architect. And you'd be so successful. Haven't you seen enough poverty in your family, Dirk? Yes. Leave things to me, then. Try it, Dirk. Will you? Emerald. What's that? Uh, let's have a go at it anyhow. Let's let's try it. <laughs> Yes, indeed, Mrs. Hutchison. The whole idea of our home designing is to express the character of the owner. Pardon me? Splendid. Thank you. Oh, and it's so nice to have seen you again at the Alexander's. Goodbye, Mrs. Hutchison. 
And hello, Mr. DeYoung. Mother, how nice to see you. That abrupt girl in your outer office seemed to feel differently. Does she own stock in you? Well, as you see, I'm a, I'm a big man these days, a big man. <laughs> it won't be long now. I'll be walking down Michigan Boulevard, and I'll hear people asking, who designed that magnificent building? Uh-huh. And I'll say, oh, that's merely an early effort of my son, Dirk DeYoung. <laughs> Still living in Baghdad, eh? Aren't you? Mother... I've quit drafting. You've quit? But your career... I've given up designing. Oh, Dirk. Hollis has moved me into sales and promotion. I'm already making more in a month than I used to make in a year. Well, I was afraid you wouldn't understand. We had a plan. Ever since that day, we drove to Chicago with the vegetables. And I saw your gift. Oh, Dirk, you can't desert beauty. Giving of the lovely things you're talented to give. Now just wait until the big money starts rolling in. And that's become your idea of success. Well, all of my crowd are in the money except me. Paula. Now, Mother. Paula. And that tight little circle of rubber stamps you move in. Oh, Dirk. Not so big? Excuse me, Mother. Hello? Oh, yes, Mr. Hollis, the Edmonton murals. Well, I was just about to call you for the name of the artist and the address. Dallas? O'Mara. That's quite a name. Yes, sir, I've got it. I'll make an appointment for lunch the minute I hang up. Right. I sort of hoped you could lunch with me at the Drake. The Drake, no less. They have asparagus de young on the menu. I wanted to see it in print. It sounds like such a little thing, but it's something I did. It's mine. A certain beauty. Asparagus? <laughs> Cabbages are beautiful. Asparagus is beautiful. Yes, dear. Oh, Mother, I can buy beauty by the square yard from any one of these stringy-haired geniuses like this, like this Dallas O'Mara. I'm sure. Have a nice lunch, Dirk. Yes? Miss, um, Dallas O'Mara? Yes. The, uh, the artist? Yes. Won't you come in? Thank you. You know a Dallas O'Mara who isn't an artist? No, no. Are you interested in art? Oh, yes, very much. Say, that canvas there is very good. Oh, thank you. Very good. I mean the draftsmanship. You see, I, I'm an architect. Or at oh, any rate, I, thanks I, for that. I thought you were a stuffy front man I was expecting from Hollis and Spray. Oh? <laughs> well, maybe we just won't answer when he rings. Maybe we won't at that. Really? I haven't made up my mind yet to do their mural. Oh, temperamental. Don't use that word. Every phony does it when he runs up against a little logical honesty. Uh, by the way, why are you here? You just didn't happen to spot my unearthly loveliness in a crowd and fall madly, madly in love with me. I'd have preferred that. Uh-oh. You're the man from Hollis and Spray. I'm afraid I am. Oh, golly. Forgive me, will you? <laughs> Only we forget about lunch and talk it over dinner instead where we can really relax. Well, it's the very least I can do. But mind you, I still might not do those murals. Unless I can do something with a with a splash of splendor in it. Splendor? If you're really an architect, you may know what I mean. Well, I'm really an architect. It means not accepting money under false pretenses. Doing something you believe in. Giving all you've got for their money. But giving. I understand. Mm, I'm not sure you do. But I'll go out with you anyhow. Because you're pretty and you may even take me to the Rolf Poole concert tonight. Rolf Poole? I knew him back in New Holland. Really? 
I met him in Paris. Oh, wonderful. under a stack of blueprints. Paula, please. Hollis will hear you the next office. Got to believing you did it yourself, didn't you? Oh, no. You did it, Paula. Well, I suppose the debtor always hates his creditor. Paula, see here. There's no... For weeks you've been seen everywhere with that Dallas O'Mara woman. I happen to be in love with her. Yes, it just so happens, doesn't it? Well, you haven't been doing badly with Dick Hollis. And I'm going with him to Mrs. Robinson's reception for Rolf Poole tonight. Well, I'm going to the reception, too. Oh, planning to be there with your bohemian friend? Dallas was going to let me know today. We're having lunch, I think. Excuse me, Paula. Yes? Oh, tell Miss O'Mara to come right in. Don't trouble to introduce her. I feel as though I know her only too well. Oh, I beg your pardon. The master builder will see you now, Miss O'Mara. Oh, dear. Another of the victims of your deadly charm, dear? That master builder sounded like a low blow to me. Yes, it was. I planned to be an architect, but Paula made me a success instead, you see. I see. Too bad. Alice, I know how you feel about your work and honesty and all that. And sometimes I do get a little homesick for the drawing board myself, but, well, I'm doing so well here. I, I, Dallas, I can help you now. I could give you so much that you haven't got if you'd marry me. What I haven't got, Dirk, I don't need. I'm sorry. Dallas. The lessons in splendor are over. I did my best, but you flunked out, Sonny. What do I have to be to cut some ice with you? Do I have to be some long hair with a velvet jacket? <laughs> No, Dirk. I'll probably marry a horny-handed son of toil. I like hands with their scars on them. There's something about a man who's fought and been shaken a little. You haven't a mark on you, and your hair isn't even must. I'm terribly sorry, but that's how it is. You're all smooth, and I like them bumpy. Listen, Dallas. I'll do anything. I'll go back to being a draftsman. I'll go back to the bottom no of you. No good, Dirk. Too late. I won't give up that easily. You're going with me to the Rolf Pool reception tonight. I'll call for you early. I won't be in. Rolf wants me to go out with him to see your mother today. She'll be there, won't she? Yes. Yes, of course. It's her busiest season. Goodbye, dear. Oh, Dirk. It's so good to see you. I know you've been busy, and I understand, of course. I've been working hard, and... I wanted to see the farm and you. Can you guess who was out to see me yesterday? You'll never guess. Never guess. Who, Mother? Rose Poole and Dallas O'Mara. 
little Rolf Poole who thought he was in love with me years and years ago. Maybe he was in love with you. Little Rolf. He's been all over the world, and he's seen the places of great light and beauty that I once hoped to see. And he did it himself. He had help. Do you know the first thing he said when he saw me? He held out his arms to me like that and yelled, Cabbages are beautiful. Cabbages. Mother, I've lost Alice. Oh, I was afraid you might. You were right. I deserted beauty and beauty turned on me. I was too stupid to see it, to know that, that you were beauty your whole life and the way you looked at life. She was so much like you. You were both emerald. And I lost you. I lost you both. No, Dirk, no. Beauty is never lost. It isn't a person or a thing, but a spirit. A feeling inside you. It's earth and light and fire. Wheat and emerald. They can be everywhere. You just got lost somewhere, Dick. Give me your hand. Your hands are wonderful, Mother. Rough and strong. Dallas said my hair wasn't even must. It's getting that way. Do you think so? You've had a jolt coming. And you got it. You know, I might have another whack at that drawing board after all. You are growing up. Will I ever grow up enough to interest a Dallas O'Mara? Oh, yes, son. And to take a handful of stars, too. So tall in the heart. How big is so big? Very, very tiny, I'm afraid. Men, you've grown up already. So big. stars will return and Mr. Cummings will present his movie preview of the week. Mr. Cummings with our stars. And here to take a bow for those fine performances are Ida Lupino and Robert Stack. <laughs> Ida, I always feel a little nervous when you're on the show. You're not only a fine actress, but a great director. Nervous, Irving. <laughs> After last week's production of Wuthering Heights, it was perfectly beautiful. You know, I played the part of Kathy twice on this stage. Are you partial to the heavy drama, Ida? Uh, yes, I think so, and you ought to be, too. After that performance you gave in The High and the Mighty, Warner Brothers must have been thrilled with it, Bob. They certainly were, but 20th Century Fox was even more impressed. They signed him to a long contract. Well, I don't think Warner Brothers needs to worry. They just got about to release a star is born with those great stars, Judy Garland and James Mason. I understand Judy's singing talent is even greater than ever. Well, this will give you an idea. Here's Judy Garland's recording of The Man That Got Away. The night is bitter. The stars have lost their glitter. The winds grow colder. Suddenly you're older.
everyone's a Judy Garland fan. Well, I certainly am. And she's one of our favorite Lux girls. And so are you, Ida. This is your 15th appearance here. So you know how, how much we like you. <laughs> well, Irving, everybody knows how important a Lux complexion is to an actress. But here's one lady director who is also a devoted Lux girl. I'm afraid that's a distinction that belongs only to you, Ida. The rest of us director producers are just married to Lux girls. <laughs> well, now isn't it time for you to produce another of your 20 greats in the Lux Radio Theater, Irving? Yes, it is, Bob. Next week, it'll be the unforgettable story of the valiant, high-spirited Welsh people in How Green Was My Valley. And as our stars of this haunting drama from 20th Century Fox, we have Academy Award winner Donna Reed, that excellent actor Michael Rennie, and in his original role, Donald Crisp. That was a great one, Irving. Good night. Good night. Good night, and hurry back. Lever Brothers Company, makers of Lux Toilet Soap and Lux Liquid Detergent, invite you to be with us again next Tuesday evening when the Lux Radio Theater presents How Green Was My Valley, starring Donna Reed, Michael Rennie, and Donald Crisp. This is Irving Cummings saying good night to you from Hollywood.